I'm a producer first. Like that's my trade. I know how much a pain it is to do so many revisions. Yeah. You know, it's the worst. Exactly. So any client, any company that that pitch partners with, I have a lot of meetings with them. We have certain criteria that we need, ensure that they're doing a certain amount of revenue every single year. So your music is safe. You know, it's going to be used 10 years from now. Yo, what's good? This is Clint, your host on the Music Is My Business podcast, the podcast where you can gain insight and learn proven strategies to build and monetize your music career. If you want your questions answered live, join me on YouTube at Clint Music on Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern time, and let's chop it up. Now let's dig into this week's episode. Yo, 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 what's good, people? Welcome to the channel where we talk about music licensing, music production, and music business. If you love any of the previously mentioned, be sure to subscribe so you can stay up to date on all my latest content and hit that bell icon so you know exactly when that new content drops. Shout out to everybody in the stream so far. Let me know where you guys are from. Let me know what you do. We're back for another podcast episode for the Music Is My Business podcast. And I'm super excited because I got another dope guest. And it's it's... It's a guest that, man, this dude has accomplished so much, man. He's doing dope things, especially in the sync community. So super excited to chop it up with him. We're going to introduce him in a moment. But let me see who's in the building. We got Kim Durr, one of the mods in the building. Good morning, Kim. Hope all is well. Lamar Webster is in the building. What city are you in this week, Lamar? You're always in a different city, man. Hope all is well. Good to see you. Ren, Ren. Ran legend with a seven what's good producer from buffalo love it i know it's about to get cold up there soon if it's not already shout out to ran um who else do we have in the building um it's been a minute like i didn't stream last week and i missed y'all so i hope y'all good glad to be back for this stream actually speaking of not streaming so this will actually be the last live q a slash I don't know if it'll be, yeah, it'll probably be last podcast as well. Because sometimes I'll go and I'll do like just a a podcast without streaming. But this will be the last one for the year because I'm about to take a hiatus. I'm about to go away for a month and I'm going to come back and then we'll be back at the top of the year. But this will be the last one. And then tonight we're going to do live music reviews at 9.30 p.m. Eastern as well. And then that'll be the last one. So definitely make sure you come through for that. It's been super dope um but yeah it's time to rest up so let me see we got joshua riggins what's good big man productions i see you world meta beats in the building um super dope all right y'all let's get into it man without further ado i want to introduce a a multi-platinum producer engineer drummer and he's also the founder of that pitch cleared music that playlist that 90s kid he's produced on records for artists such as Future, Lil Baby, The uh, Baby, August 08, Offset, and a bunch of other people. Like the dude is just like killing it from a production standpoint and a business standpoint. Um, and that pitch, if you haven't heard of that pitch, it's a platform and they've placed like over 10,000 tracks on all types of networks such as Netflix, Hulu, Marriott, PBS, MTV, Burberry, Adidas, and a bunch of others. Like I'm telling you, like the list goes on. So without further ado, my guy, Mark, what's up, bro? How you feeling, man? I think that was actually the best intro I've ever had. Usually it's like, oh, here's my idiot friend, Mark. How's it going, everybody? So th- this is, I, I gotta I gotta stick around you more, man, because you make me look really good. I, nice. I really appreciate that. <laughs> no doubt, man. So how's the week going so far, man? I, I know you have your hands in a lot. You're working on a lot and we'll kind of, we'll get into that a little bit later, but how's the week going, man? 
Everything's been good. Um, I just had a team meeting uh, right before this. Um, we just launched uh, something pretty cool for Cleared Music, uh, which is a tool that helps a bunch of music licensing companies and publishing companies. Um, and then uh, we're in the middle of negotiating a couple new clients for that pitch uh, to get all of our producers and artists tracks into these massive catalogs and selling their music. And yeah, it's been it's been really good. I actually have at two o'clock today, I'm um, helping an artist negotiate like a pretty cool distribution deal. So that's nice. something I'm like starting to get my hands in. So I just yeah. keep busy. Everything's good, man. It's been it's been great, man. That's dope. That's dope. So, man, like, how did you even get started in music and production? Because you got you got like some heavy hitter production credits. Like, where did is that where everything just kind of started? And then you kind of went into the whole starting all these companies and stuff. Yeah, it's 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 pretty funny, man. Um, so most people, I feel like nowadays kind of started, you know, they downloaded a copy of Ableton Light or a garage band and they started producing but i actually like have been working you know in studio since early high school or something okay. um i was originally a session drummer so i was like uh i was like the kid that could actually play well to a click and so i had a bunch of people that i'd met through like earlier days of facebook they saw like drums in my profile picture so they'd say hey man can you play in my record and i was like playing your record like dude how does this work and so like i would you know, play sessions um, and get paid for that, which is really cool. Yeah. And uh, I got really, really serious uh, about drumming. I wasn't actually too active producing at that time. Okay. Um, but uh, I was playing with a bunch of artists uh, drumming and I realized that I could have uh, a lot more value to offer an artist if I could also like run their shows and stuff. Um, so like MD. And so yeah. I learned a little bit of, you know, Cubase at the time. And then I kind of moved to Ableton. Um, I went to Berkeley College Music, uh, studying drums and production for a year okay. um, and dropped out like everybody at Berkeley. Uh, <laughs> um, I know you had Nicole on here yeah. recently. Uh, I was so going to say, we dude, like, she was, everybody she, I know from Berkeley, it's like they have these crazy stories of either dropping yeah, out or just doing crazy dope things. Yeah, after. well. Nicole was my next door neighbor. So I, I love Nicole. She's she's great. And we uh, are in like the same corners of the industry. But um, anyways, so uh, I dropped out of Berkeley, uh, moved around a bunch. I was in New York and then I ended up down in Charlotte. Um, I was playing with a bunch of artists and I kind of realized that I was enjoying uh production and like actually Ableton and like actually working on tracks a lot more than necessarily like doing a spot date, mm -hmm. getting on a, on a small tour and like, you know, maybe not getting paid that much. It was like, all right, I'm trying to figure it out, you know? Yeah. And so, um, I got really serious into production at that point. And, um, this was like the early days of Instagram. Okay. And, you know, I, I think, um, cause you're in it, you're in Atlanta. Yep. Um, Atlanta is a music mecca, but when people think of music cities, music industry cities, they think of like New York, LA, London, you right. know, yeah. um, then there's like this secondary music industry cities, like, you know, Nashville, Atlanta, um, you know, maybe Berlin. And then there's like the next level, which is like all the smaller cities. And so all of my friends were moving out to LA or London to like make it right. And I was in Charlotte. At the time I moved back, I was literally living in my parents' basement and I was just figuring it out. And, you know, while all of the people that I knew were like trying to get on cuts and trying to get in the room, 
I was like, how can I make a living doing this? And this was like early days of Instagram. And so I would just post what I was doing. Yeah. I would post like, hey, like I'm I'm producing this record, blah, blah, blah. I'm getting in the studio with so-and-so. And, -so. and um, that ended up just kind of, you know, I was the only one kind of doing it like that on online. This was like when you could post 15 second videos or whatever. Right. Um, so people would reach out to me and say, hey, could you work on my record, you know? And so I ended up getting a business for myself and I was producing artists all around the world, um, a lot of times remote, mm -hmm. uh, but a lot of times they would fly me to them. I'd produce their record. I'd play with them, brought me to everywhere from like Italy to Fiji to Australia. I was wow. working on records and, and touring. Um, and I was like the indie pop synth pop guy. Okay. Um, I just let everybody know this is like the one thing I do. I know you and I have talked about like specializing and making sure everybody knows what you do. Yep. Um, but I became the indie pop synth pop guy. And that got me in the room with a lot of other record producers and mix engineers. Um, after I kind of built up my independent sort of business, um, I got into positions where I could start working or helping out on some major label stuff. Um, sync license agencies started reaching out to me. Um, and I kind of got introduced to that. I learned a lot about that business model. Um, and you know, things I like about sync and things I didn't like, and I was like, all right, how can I kind of fix all of it? Right. Um, <laughs> ignorantly at the time I was like, how can I fix it? And, um, yeah, that's kind of led to here. So now I, I get to work on records I love and, uh, you know, just help everybody license their tracks. So it's been, it's been really cool, man. It's uh, definitely a hustle. I I'm only saying the nice parts about the journey, but yeah, it's yeah, been cool. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's crazy, man. I feel like, uh, I feel like mo most success stories always have like this turning point of when someone had to move back home and stay in their mom's basement. I find that oh, hilarious, yeah. but, um, yeah. And, and, and so that happened after you, you were playing drums and going on tour with some of the big artists or was this before that? I mean, it's just a, it, relative like to what you think is big at the time. I thought I was playing with like huge acts and you know, now it's like, you know, a couple hundred thousand plays. It's like, that's awesome. But it's not like a massive, massive act necessarily. Gotcha. Um, one of the last bands I was playing for, um, they're called the Foxies. They, um, they just actually did a tour with, um, who Billy Idol. Okay. Um, so that, that's like actually a pretty cool thing, but no, nah, I mean, it was like mid, mid level rooms. I never played like massive stadiums, but, okay. um, but yeah, I think, I think it's like, nobody really talks about, you know, uh, you were doing all these things and then things got terrible and then you right. had like a realization that you had to make something of yourself. So you just hustle and make it happen. Right. Everybody just thinks it's like super pretty the whole time, but you're always going to be dealing with stuff, yep. <laughs> you know, like at every level, bro. Like it doesn't, it doesn't really stop. Um, yeah. that's dope, man. And I, I like what you said, cause you started out on drums and just being a drummer, but you like, you found other ways to become more valuable to artists by learning Ableton and, um, you know, learning how to MD. And I think that's super dope as well. Not just, you know, even though drums may have been like your first love as far as music, but like saying, OK, even though I love this, I need to find other things that creates more value so that I can maximize these opportunities. I think that's super dope. 
Yeah, like if you're an artist or producer, I think everybody's always kind of, especially now, like 10 or, you know, 10 years ago or something, it was, you're like the behind the scenes guy in the studio, you know, yeah. and like nobody really knew about it. the people who did know of you. They were like, oh, that's cool. But like it household names as a producer just like was not a thing, right. you know, for us growing up, at least you were like the behind the scenes person. Yeah. So I kind of grew up, you know, with the understanding of, you know, all of my mentors in, in the music industry. It was like, how can you just add more value? Like, yeah. how can you help? Like, it's not this how can I get as many credits and like be the star and be in the center of everything? How can I ensure that they're going to tell everybody that they know that it was a great time working with me? Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it's very much so like less about how to make it and more about like, how do I make a living and building like a good business for yourself is like right. making sure that people like working with you. So that was, that was really important for me early on is just to see how much I could help. I did a lot of stuff for free, yep. like a lot of stuff for free. I'm sure you have too, man. Oh yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, it, it was, you know, I ended up, um, so I, I was mainly producing like a bunch of indie pop artists at the time after I kind of transitioned from just being the drummer necessarily. Okay. And, you know, a big thing that artists were having an issue with was, you know, running PR. Okay. So like, how can I help with that? It's always like, how can you help somebody to their next step? I think that's like what people don't focus on that they should, if that makes Facts. any sense. Facts, bro. Yeah, absolutely, man. Like people, everyone that I know that has either, you know, seen great success um, or any amount of success um, or, who people love being around they figured out the the importance in in being able to help somebody else in their situation yeah. and they yeah. like they'll always have opportunities because they looked out for other people genuinely though not like weird like yeah. i'm gonna do this so i can get something back but like yeah. you know what i mean i think that's that's crucial bro well the i mean the with the music industry as a whole like you know the everybody again like just wants to be a star but like the music industry nobody really focuses on fixing problems and if you look at mm -hmm. any other business anything else in the world it's solving a problem it's solving a problem like you solve problems for people you actually help people yeah. that's why you know you are who you are and like you're you're doing really well like if you I mean, the cool thing about the music industry is there's so many problems. <laughs> so like you can look left and right and you're like, wow, that's like terrible. If I could fix that, that's yeah. going to help a lot of people. And they'll probably pay for that too, yep. you know, but it's never about like, what can I get out of it? It's like, how can I help? The money usually comes with that. That's kind of how I was, I've always approached business. Yep. It, yeah. The money It's a byproduct of, of how many people you've been able to help, man. Yeah. But that, um, I mean, that's, that's really how I started getting on like a lot more major records as well is like, it was, <laughs> this is actually really funny. I like, I started getting in kind of more of those circles. Um, I work a lot with my good friend, Kevin McCloskey. Okay. He, you know, if you remember Suge from the baby a couple years ago, like he, that was like Grammy nominee. He makes that like he's okay. kind of the main guy on a lot of those records. Okay. And, um, you know, he he wasn't like, Mark, you're the best producer. You're the best engineer. You're the best assistant on these. Th it wasn't that it's like, you know, there were a lot of 
things that I could help with in, in his business. And there was a lot of things that I could just help in general. Yeah. And I was a good hang. So he's like, why don't I just like include you with this? Like, this would be a really good time if we both worked on this thing. Yeah. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Like everybody thinks it's just about the music, but it's, it's very much like, how can you help other people too? Yeah. That's a fact, man. That's a fact. Um, so man, like, I guess speaking of, of solving problems, man, like what, what inspired you to start that pitch and, and what, what problem yeah, th- were you trying it was to a to- It was a total accident. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, this is like the most sophisticated accident I've ever had, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, cleared as well as like the, mo- uh, another sophisticated accident I've had. But, okay. um, you know, for that pitch, I worked on, um, I was like kind of getting more into traditional sync, like, you know, the deals that we've talked about where it's like they hit you up at like 3 p.m. They need it by 5 p.m. and they need all the stamps and then you have to do revisions for a year until they pay you. (laughs) Um, It sucks. (laughs) And they still won't register your stuff properly. And it's terrible. Oh, Um, I'm dealing with that right now. Like, oh, dude, they completely left a a co-writer off. So now we're trying to fix that, man. Yeah. Yeah. My um, my head of A&R, he worked on a. kind of like a, a traditional sync pitch this past week and uh it's like for three thousand but um if it lands the agency takes 35 percent, and then with all the cuts he's gonna get maybe around a grand if he lands it and it's gonna be a year from now i'm like man damn <laughs> <laughs> like so that's you know i i was dealing with that a lot okay. um and it actually started out with you know i was working on so I was like the indie pop synth pop producer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I was known for. And I was primarily at the time working with a lot of independent uh, artists. And, um, you know, I got tight with a bunch of licensing companies, uh, North Note Music in London, my good friend Charlotte. Uh, she worked for uh, downtown uh, music publishing Benelux, which is in Amsterdam. But now she's actually head of publishing at Domino Records. So like she does all the deals for like Arctic Monkeys, which is dope. Um, But, um, you know, years ago, we all connected over like this kind of music. And, um, you know, I was working with uh, Charlotte on some records. And then, you know, I just built my network, right? Mm -hmm. I never expected to get paid immediately. It, But I just knew if I showed up, eventually something good's going to happen from it. Right. Right. And so I built my network. I ended up landing uh, a deal. Um, and by the time I was paid first, like it was, you know, it took a while to get paid, but by the time I was paid, I got paid like less than 25% of the total amount. And there was like so many revisions and, uh, it was with somebody I was working with out of LA. Um, not going to mention their name. Great, great person, but it was just the deal structure. I was like, this is terrible. Like, I don't, I don't enjoy this. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, um, I landed it. I had a success and like, I got less than 25% of the amount. Like Man. that sucks, you know? Yeah. Um, and I did the majority of the work. So, um, anyways, I ended up, uh, asking a bunch of my friends who are a lot more experienced in sync and they were like, yeah, no, this, this is typical. And I'm like, really? Yeah. Like, this is not like, that's, that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and so anyways, I, I was getting a lot of these deals come through and I got to a point where I was just exhausted. I was working on these records every single night. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't landing the majority of them cause that's how it works, you know? Yep. <laughs> and 
even if I did, it would have taken such a high percentage. I was like, this is not sustainable for me. Right. So I got to a point where I was like, okay, well, listen, I want to keep these connections. Like, I don't want to just tell, you know, the people that I'm working with, I really love, like, they're great. Yeah. I don't want to just say like, hey, I'm, I'm not going to, not going to work on this stuff anymore because I'd look bad. You know, it's like they put trust in me. That's like the hardest thing to get is where, you know, a vouch in the music industry is the hardest thing to get, Facts. you know? Yeah. Right. So you mess it up. That's it. You know, you're blacklisted. That's, that's yep. it. So I was like, I'm still going to help, but I can't be on every single one. But I have a lot of friends who would love to be in the studio at 3 a.m. just like working on records every single night. Mm -hmm. So I originally was just like, hey guys, um, listen, this is a good connection that I have. They're really dope, like great people. Um, I want to send them the music that they need, but like I don't have all of it and I, I can't create all of it. I have clients that I'm working with. I, you know, I'm going on the road, so I might be playing. I can't, I can't do all of this by myself, but if I could send your stuff through and it's cleared and I kind of let them know what they need to do to make sure that the music is legal, like it's okay for them to use. Right. If you send this through and it lands, I'm not going to take a cut. I just want to keep this connection open. I don't know where it's going to go, but I I want to make sure that I'm nourishing it because I, I, I do think that things are like moving in this direction in the industry. Yo, if you're serious about your music business, then you should know how important it is to have an email list so you can stay in touch with your fans, your followers and customers. The problem is a lot of these email services charge you more and more the more subscribers subscribe to your list. Well, I found a solution and it's called Flowdesk and you get unlimited subscribers for one price. And that price, I don't it's not even $40. Like it's mad cheap, yo. You get automatic list cleaning. It's a simple, easy to use platform that makes it easy to send out email campaigns campaigns and it's all for one fee every month the same fee you just keep paying the same price no matter how many subscribers you get so listen today i want to give you 50 percent off your subscription to flow desk just go to clintproductions.com slash flow desk that's clintproductions.com forward slash f-l-o-d-e-s-k once again that's clintproductions.com slash flow desk flow without the w just f-l-o now go build that email list back to the show right and so Got to a point where I was like, I had a lot of friends that were all providing. And then there was like one time where I didn't have like music to send through. And I was like, ah, oh, God, like I need to send something through. Like I, I want to make sure I can deliver and I show up. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so I just made a post in a Facebook group that I'm uh, a moderator in called Make Pop Music. Okay. Uh, my, my buddy Austin owns it. He's uh, he has a really cool YouTube channel, Make Pop Music. And um, I just posted in there and I just straight up said, listen, guys, I, I have this connection. I, you know, I don't know what it's going to lead to, but it, it could be something cool. And I don't have music I can send through. I'm exhausted and all of my friends have nothing that's going to fit this. So, like, do you have anything? Yeah. And a bunch of people reached out and they were like, yeah, like I have this, I have this. And we sent stuff through. I was doing that for a while. Some stuff didn't land, some stuff did. And then it just got, you know, really exhausting because I had so many tracks I had to go through and it was taking time away from, you know, me producing artists. So I was like, 
what is, you know, how can I make this like work for itself so it's worth it? Because it's I, there's something going on where it's clearly a need for everybody, right? Um, and there's too many people that I've met in the industry that if they get an opportunity, they don't. I think like you and I can both agree on this. There's people that may not really think about stuff long term. Right. It's like, how can I make as much money right now? You know, and they don't really care if it actually helps someone. I was like, what is the minimum amount I could charge so this can just pay for itself? It runs itself, it helps people, and I can improve upon it. So maybe like I can just be making more of the connections, learning about the industry, figuring out things I can do yep. to to land a lot more consistently. And um, so I, I just made a Facebook group. I was like, hey guys, this is this is what it is. Here's the deal, completely transparent. If you land it, you get 100%, cool. That doesn't exist and you know maybe we can change stuff. Yeah. Overnight, a bunch of people were like, count me in. And so <laughs> you know, the, the next year or two, I just went into boot camp on, on sync licensing. Like yeah. I knew a little bit, but right. I, I didn't, I was pretty green, bro. Like, yeah. Like I was not an expert at all. And, um, you know, it was very humbling, like the first, you know, year, two years or so. And, uh, but we ended up being able to land a bunch of deals. And I was like, there's certain things that I want to, I want to change. What, where, where's the industry going? Like, because, you know, like getting in the room with somebody, they already have their people. You know what I'm saying? Yep. yep. And I was looking at like, you know, music licensing companies and stuff that are kind of like more up to date. And I was like, why? Like, let's take the let's take the word sync out. Like, let's just not even think about it. Right. Okay. Yeah. The definition is music being used for a video mm-hmm. and it making money. That's it. Yep. That's it. And I was like. There's a lot of YouTube videos out there. <laughs> a ton. And I'd argue there's like a billion times as many as feature films. And yep. you hear about YouTube and Instagram and Facebook, all these places growing. And so I was just like, why is everyone fighting over the same whales? Like, why is everyone fighting over these huge films? Yeah. Why can't we just focus on all of the YouTubers and like everybody else? And so I got tight with a bunch of music licensing companies. Turned out that the majority of them actually have a lot of issues with legal compliance, making sure that the music, like they can use the music. They were also having a lot of issues getting the right kinds of music. Mm. They were also having issues explaining their deal structure and how payouts and upfront and royalties work. And it was just, it was a mess. And I was like, I can fix that for you all. And so now, like, we provide, if you look at the majority of music licensing companies in the world, it could be yeah. like Soundstripe, Artlist, like all of these companies, we provide either a healthy amount or all of their music wow. um, through that pitch. Um, so like Soundstripe, we provide 100% of the third-party music. Um, you know, there's, a, you name a company, we likely work with them at this point. And yeah. so we just make it super simple. We send out, hey, this is this is the music that they need. We send it out to the crew. We send it out to everybody in that pitch, and you know all the all the tracks are in our catalog. These companies just select whichever ones they want. We do all the legal and everything, and all you have to do is make music. And 
it's been like it's been really cool man um paid out millions at this point and like wow i just it's very fulfilling i it's like thug life chose me dude i have no idea how i ended up here <laughs> <laughs> yo that's that's crazy man like how you just accidentally like got into into that and created that pitch like yo so i can only imagine bro because i've, I've sent out some briefs just to my email list um and i think instagram once and it was insane bro like i wasn't ready man yeah. like what yeah. was that the admin work like to make sure all that stuff was like cleared when you put that right in the, the Facebook right account. now so you know the reason why you were probably like dude like i don't know if i can handle this admin uh right now just for a single track to get into a music licensing company on average just for administrative there's over 30 automations that happen and then we have compliance checks and team members make sure that certain things are filled out a certain way yeah. payout structures we do like kind of uh you know general background tracks uh background checks on stuff right um to make sure that there aren't copyright issues and then here led me to my other company <laughs> um so Earlier on, when we started supplying music for music licensing companies, you know, we got a couple uh, tracks or a couple messages from uh, some people at these companies, and they were saying, "Hey, like this track, part of the music was stolen. Like they were using a sample from somewhere. Oh, wow. We can't, we can't do that." And I was like, "I know. Like we had assistant. Like people were, you know, they agree that they're not using it." But people steal stuff. They use samples that are not theirs. A lot of times, if you look at Splice, it says royalty free. That doesn't actually mean royalty free. Like you and I know that. Exactly. But, you know, so people would use these Splice samples and they just didn't know. It, it wasn't like in a mean way. They literally didn't know that it was a copyright infringement. Yeah. Um, and so, <clears throat> you know, I kind of had a point with these companies where we were at risk of losing them if I didn't fix this problem. Hmm. And this problem at the point in time couldn't be fixed. There were no companies doing it. Okay. And so I spent like a half a year hiring people, firing people, building out this algorithm to break down a track to see if there's a copyright infringement inside. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and if there is something that could cause a copyright infringement, it just invalidates the track. And that way there won't be a lawsuit or a copyright infringement or anything. So we actually protect all of our members. We protect the companies we work with. Um, and that's cleareedmusic.io. Okay. Um, we're actually doing a site update today. So if you go to it right now, it might say that it's not live, but it'll be live by tomorrow. <laughs> it's, it's a real but, company. No worries. Yeah. But, but at the end of the day, it's like all of these things spawn from just like, hey, there's a problem. How can I just connect the dots or fix it for somebody? If I can, cool. Uh, let's make sure it's working really well. And what do we need to make to make sure that we can give everybody a good time? Yeah. Uh, and if we can't solve it, you know, don't make it into a product, like don't offer it to anybody. So um, yeah, man, I, I, I think it. this industry is filled with people who think that if you're just like really cool, you'll make a lot of money and like you'll land all the deals. But like, it really comes down to like just absolutely having no ego whatsoever and just being like, Facts. dude, I'm sorry you're going through that. Let's see how we can help. If we can, cool. <laughs> yeah. You know? Exactly, man. 
Uh, we got a question. Shout out to the new people in the stream, man. Uh, we're talking with Mark, uh, the founder of That Pitch. Um, just talking about sync and, and business and all that stuff. So if you have any questions, drop them in the chat. I see one from um, to Taechan. Te my bad. Listen, I butcher names on the show, so my bad if I butchered your name. You got my but, wrong, my name wrong too. So all good. <laughs> <laughs> so the question is: Do you help artists get sync placements or just producers? Um, so yeah. So what is what does that pitch do for for artists? So and producers? right now. Um, I'd say a little bit over 80% of the deals are for producers. Okay. Um, and then maybe 20% are applicable for artists. So if you're an artist, you could try it out. I wouldn't say it's like really for you. Yeah. But we're actually launching a new platform pretty soon. Um, I can't give too many details yet, but it's going to be... If you're a producer, if you're an artist, if you make music at all, you're gonna be able to license your music and get paid 100%, guaranteed. That's fire. Yo, so, cause yeah, like yeah. people ask me about, um, about like subscription services and things like that. Um, yours is the first one that I come across to where, okay, you subscribe, but like you just said, you keep 100% of the payment. Like, so how, like, Talk about like you guys' deal structures and, and like, yeah, because I think that's really dope. Yeah. So, all right. So think of that pitch kind of as a distributor. Okay. So if you upload your music to DistroKid, right? Mm -hmm. What DistroKid does is they get all of your tracks into Apple Music, into Spotify, Deezer, Tidal, right? Right, right. What you don't see is that DistroKid is built upon a bunch of tech that every single payment from all of these different companies is negotiated. Spotify, Deezer, they don't pay out the same amount. You've probably seen online, like everybody has different amounts that they pay out, right? Yep. Um, how often they pay out can be different. Um, and then, you know, depending on like the territory around the world, mm -hmm. what gets paid, uh, dependent on their subscription. Yeah. DistroKid handles all that. When you put your track into DistroKid, uh, they put it onto all these platforms. And then if the customers buy it, they listen to it. Mm -hmm. You get paid from that platform, what they have negotiated, and it pays out to you. Mm. So that way you don't have to deal with like all of these crazy deals. That pitch is exactly the same. If you look at Soundstripe, if you look at Epidemic Sound, if you look at Artlist, if you look at any music licensing company, Mm -hmm. and you stick it side by side to Spotify, they look exactly the same. Mm. The thing is, though, is that they're dealing with different rights. So what we do is we are a, essentially a distributor that can accommodate the rights that these licensing companies need. Okay. They put music on there, and they are licensing music in a certain way, and they have different deal structures. So some companies pay upfront, some pay backend only, some pay monthly, some pay annually, some require uh, you know ownership over material, some don't care about it. Mm -hmm. But what we do is we make it extremely transparent of here are the deal structures. Um, when you put music in, it's applicable to these deal structures. And if you, you know, if they put it in their catalog, we pay you 100% of what that deal structure is. Uh, and you just agree that that deal structure is okay. So I hope that 
does that kind of clarify? I hope I can kind of simplify it as best as I can. Yeah, absolutely. So, so pretty much you're, you're acting as a distributor. So people upload music to that pitch and then that pitch, um, that pitch does deals with multiple like licensing yep. companies, libraries, and then they have that deal. And then once, um, your music is in those companies that that pitch partners with, um, and that music gets used and it gets placed, then that's when you get paid via that 100%. pitch. Is that, is that how it works? Yep. Yep. So we handle all of the registrations. We handle all of the compliance. And the, the coolest thing about it, um, is that like, you know, usually in sync, you have to deal with a bunch of revisions. You have to deal with like going back and forth on legal, you know, uh, people just decide when they pay you. It's really annoying. Um, I'm a producer first, like that's my trade. I know how much a pain it is to do so many revisions. Yeah. You know, it's the worst. And they're like, it's not like, Hey, it's, this comes with two revisions and then you're done. It's, Whenever they feel like it, you're yeah, done. Exactly. It's the worst. Exactly. So we have uh, any any client, any company um, that that pitch partners with, um, I have a lot of meetings with them. We have certain criteria that we need. We need to sure, ensure that they're doing a certain amount of revenue every single year. So your music is is safe. You know, they're, It's going to be used 10 years from now, yeah. right? Um, additionally, um, I only accept deals that I personally would take. Gotcha. I, I don't just accept any. It's would I go through the hassle of doing these things to accommodate this deal? Right. Um, and then lastly, every track is take it or leave it. You don't have to mix. You don't have to master and no revisions. Just oh, upload wow. your tracks. The most we're going to ask for is stems, okay. a bio about yourself and a picture if they need it. Okay. And then you just sign paperwork and you're good. And then we'll pay up front. And then all the back end and yeah, it's, it's pretty cool, man. So I just That's wanted dope. to simplify it for everybody. Yeah. No, that, I mean, that sounds super simple to kind of, you know, to, to go to one place and then have your music spread throughout these, these different places. Um, yep. That's dope. So like what, what kind of opportunities do you guys focus on? Like, is it micro sync stuff? Cause I know we were talking about YouTube or is it like a combination of, of different things? Yeah. So, I mean, again, it, it all kind of comes back to what deal I personally would accept. Um, you know, ultimately the majority are two music licensing companies. Okay. Um, so it it's companies that either have exclusive catalogs or non-exclusive catalogs. It just, again, depends. Um, and then they sub-license it out. Okay. Um, so, you know, for instance, if I get a track into Soundstripe, right? And let's say uh, there's an upfront fee to put it in there or something, um, you know, and you keep certain rights within it. So you have royalties, right? Okay. When that gets, uh, when that gets in the catalog, you know, you get paid for that. Additionally, when it gets licensed out uh, to all these different places, you can collect royalties on that. We collect it for you. Right. So let's say it does get, you know, placed on TV or something, you know, because you know that, you know, these big companies are now using licensing companies, you know, the, right. the agents are still applicable to certain types of companies, but a lot of companies are going to large catalogs and they feed through and they're like, okay, I'm going to use this for this part. I'm going to use that for that part. It's just easier for them. Right. right? So what we do is, um, 
make sure that all of your royalties are collected and then we pay it out and just make sure that it's getting administered. So what administered means is no matter where it's getting played in the world, we have uh, deals negotiated with you know, everybody we need to to make sure that you get everything you're owed. Producers, learning how to properly mix your beats can be frustrating and seem overly complicated. On top of that, you're missing out on an additional stream of income by not knowing how to mix for other artists and producers. Luckily for you, I created my Urban Mix in May simple video course where I show you how to balance 808s and kicks, how to create balance and spaces in your mix, how to properly balance volume, how to create clarity using EQ and panning techniques, and how to create drum mixes that punch through your mix. Plus, Plus, I'm going to give you a free frequency range guide, a look into my simple and effective mastering chain, as well as the downloadable stems to mix on your own as you go through the course. I'm also going to throw in an exclusive discount code for Waves plugins and bundles. So go ahead, go to clintproductions.com shop. That's clintproductions.com shop. So you can grab that Urban Mix and Made Simple course. Be sure to use the discount code podcast20 to take 20% off today. Again, Again, go to clintproductions.com slash shop and grab that Urban Mix and May simple course today. Got you. Yo, okay, so so let me rewind because you, you just mentioned something yeah. that I don't I don't know if they missed it or not. So when you, you sign up with that pitch, right? You upload your music, you pitch your music. You said once the music gets into the company, not even get placed yet, but once it gets into the company, the, the producer or, or artist or songwriter gets paid, a lot of companies that we work with, we do have a, uh, a fee to put it into their catalog. And what typically happens with that is they will be, it depends uh, if they need to have rights over the music because okay. they need to have legal precedent to sign off that the music can be used. That's okay. like a, a thing with YouTube, anywhere, right? Okay. Um, and sometimes if it's non-exclusive, they'll you know pay to put it in the catalog. Um, you know, those can range anywhere between a couple hundred to thousands, but it also can be a thing where if it's added in and we've gone through our due diligence to make sure like, hey, this is a good place to put the music. It's going to be uh, used in, in the future. We, we see their customer list. We know how active they are. Right. Um, you know, it's okay sometimes to put the music in these catalogs um because again it's just like royalties that builds up over time gotcha. um and again it's just deal structures i personally would take yeah. i think you know and you, you've probably been in rooms where people have debated this in my opinion not every song is the same hmm. you know they're, they're not worth the same if you, you have a song that you are so emotionally attached to and it's your artist project you've worked on it for a year you put thousands of dollars into this record right mm -hmm. don't do an exclusive deal with that you know that should be your you retain all of your rights forever it's non-exclusive like you know it's going to be yours forever right yeah but if you just made a track you know just like a beat that you were having fun with it was like a, a practice like how many tracks do you have sitting on your hard drive probably thousands right yeah a lot yeah. <laughs> why do you need to you know, why can't you just kind of send it over to somebody else? They take care of it, build the worth of it, and you just get passive income. Like, why wouldn't you do that? Makes, <laughs> you know? makes so much sense. Yeah. So you got to look at every song and <laughs> I think be intentional. Like there, there's tracks that 
<laughs> I've worked on that have gone nowhere, but mm. I love them. I love that I worked on that record. I love the artists that I worked with. Yeah. And then there's like artists that, you know, bigger artists that I've worked on their record and I'm like not passionate about the project, but it's like cool to be a part of it, you know? Yeah. Yep. I don't need any rights in it. Like I don't I don't really care. It's just like, all right, it's a cool <laughs> thing. Like just pay me up front. I'll get the work done like whatever fine yeah. cool <laughs> you know yeah. so yeah. when when you look at your music catalog i would kind of set an intention around each track because that gives you a more reasonable understanding of how the music industry actually works facts it's like um it, it reminds me of real estate a lot because it's all you know, real estate yeah yeah and i mean for example, like you have the house you love, the house that you bought that you live in, right? But yes. if you want some other houses that you're not super passionate about, you probably yeah. personally wouldn't live in it, but those other houses you can rent out and now you're creating passive income because you own those other houses and they're out there. Yeah, there there you have to look at, you know, money isn't the only thing that's valuable. You know, there's your emotional you know, uh, your emotional investment into a track or something, right? right? If I'm working on a track with one of my best friends and I just like, you know, she sounds awesome and she's a great top liner. It's just a really cool time. And like, hey, maybe like we should play some shows or something. Like right. it doesn't, to me, it doesn't really matter if it makes money. I'm going to do the gig anyways, because it's really cool. Right. But if it's, you know, again, kind of like a rental unit where it's like, all right, like I'm going to spend this much time renovating a house. Like I really want to do that on the weekend, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, if people rent it over a long period of time, that could build my wealth. And the, this, the same thing applies uh, to your music catalog as it does with real estate. Yeah. So you hear about these companies that, you know, buy real estate portfolios or sell their real estate portfolio. Like, yeah. You know, here's a skyscraper. It got sold to this company for a hundred million dollars, right? That means that they have projected that they're going to get a hundred million dollars and then some in rent over time. Yep. When people listen to your music, when they license your music, that's rent. And if you can prove that it's getting rented over periods of time, you can make an evaluation on that and then sell it fully for a lump sum. So Justin Timberlake. Yep. Great. That deal. Right. So I talked to the guy who brokered that deal. It's Mm -hmm. an $80 million deal. And it was interesting because I actually thought, you know, with 2020 and like, you know, a lot of his other records, I was like only 80 million. Like it sounds like a lot, but I actually thought it was pretty low. Yeah. And yeah, Justin Timberlake's catalog is crazy too. Right. And I was like, I wonder you know, like why, you know, cause he has staying power. It's going to make rent. Like it's been making rent yeah. the past decade or whatever, you know, however long. And then I realized his biggest hits, he was not the main writer. That mm, makes sense. So it was just the rights that he had. So yeah. what's that, what's even crazier is all the people who are part of those records, they still have rights and they could sell their rooms in the house, so to yep. speak. Yep. You know, you can still own a condo. Like the, it's it's all the same thing. It's part of the yeah. same building, but you got a condo. So, yep. honestly, if you study like some stuff in real estate, it's much easier to learn about publishing and music licensing than reading a music licensing book. <laughs> 
bro that yeah that right there that point i agree a hundred percent like yeah and and that's why i tell producers all the time like yo sometimes you got to step outside of your industry Mm -hmm. study the other industries and then bring it back and then look at it through that lens and it'll it'll blow your mind you'll look at things differently you'll be like oh shoot like you know well when when i started that pitch i was not thinking about how does sync licensing you know, work, like what would be a model for sync licensing? I just looked at what's a model that people understand and they want that I personally would want if I was making music for licensing all the time, I'd want to keep a hundred percent. I want to make sure that no matter how much money I'm making, I pay the same amount. Mm -hmm. And, you know, personally for me, I don't really want to pay companies a higher percentage as I make more money. It's like, it's like, you basically, we were talking about email marketing. The yeah, other day. exactly. For those of you who don't know, most email marketing companies, like um, if you're paying like a service to host all of your email marketing stuff, yeah. um, as you get more email subscribers, you pay more. So like basically as you do well, you get punished. <laughs> like, right. And I, I, I don't like the idea of like, as you know, people do better in music or like even if they make more music again we offer unlimited music uploads right you know it's always going to be the same always the same rate like i don't want to punish you for making more music i don't want to punish you for landing bigger deals because that's how i don't like that's what i don't want in the industry as the music maker i feel sometimes like i'm on these meetings with like music tech people and you know, there's often times where I realize I'm actually the only person that's like on the ground floor still working on records. And like, like I know how much of a pain it is when somebody asks for something or like, right. you know, it's like, I, I don't know. It's, it's cool that I, you know, at least feel like I'm kind of in the driver's seat and I can make it better for my friends at least. And, and any, you know, anybody that, you know, is in the industry doing the same hustle, you know? Yeah. Not, I mean, that, that makes sense. And I feel like there needs to be a representative. I mean, if, you can look at Spotify. I don't like, I feel like every, every musician needs to watch. Um, I think it's the playlist or playlist. It's on Netflix right now. Like watch yeah. that joint. But like, I feel like um, a, a lot of these companies, you know, they, they need a musician representative, like in those yeah. meetings to advocate for, for us. You know what I mean? Yeah, because they don't. I think they like, don't. They don't get it. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's not yeah. necessarily intentional sometimes, but it's just like they just they're not musicians. I, I think it's also like what I've kind of realized is I'm in a very rare situation where I I feel as though I truly have a very good understanding of what both sides feel mm-hmm. um, because I run a subscription business myself. Yeah, and I I understand like the crazy metrics and stuff that goes into it just for these companies to like keep going. So like, I understand what they're going through. I understand like what problems they're facing, you know, um, if they're on a good path or a bad path at the same time, I understand like, you know, man, like I, I've been making tracks all day, just revising stuff and I haven't heard anything back and I'm not getting paid for two years. Like it's terrible. And somebody took 75%. I didn't even know until I heard from somebody else that the full payment was actually this, you know? So like, you know, I I think it's really cool because, you know, as long as there's transparency of like what's going on, I think like it's very understandable for both sides. The problem with like that movie, for example, of like, or, you know, we should have like an artist actually 
talking at the top is usually what I've kind of realized is like, um, you know, for, for instance, uh, so I'm in Charlotte. Uh, there is a thing here called the Charlotte Senator City Partners. Okay. And their entire job is to basically make the city more sexy. <laughs> um, they're like a, kind of like a sub government program, but like, you know, they've had huge initiatives to like build more uh, festivals and like, you know, every year we get like 60 new murals, you know, and it's wow. kind of like government backed. It's, it's really cool. Yeah. And so, you know, what I kind of realized in some of these meetings is a lot of like the artist or music people that would show up had like kind of like these emotional uh, arguments of why they should be getting paid more or something. Mm, okay. And they should be getting paid for or getting paid more. Mm -hmm. But that what they were saying was not the reason that these companies could understand, mm, you know, gotcha. yeah. like, like, in my opinion, Spotify should be paying everybody more. But Spotify can't because their business model is not good. <laughs> like <laughs> they they set it too low mm -hmm. and they it I don't even know how they would be able to pay more than they already do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's like when you actually look at the numbers, you're like, yeah, everybody should be getting paid way more. You worked really hard on this. But how? But but like, where's the money coming from? Because they're not making it, yeah. you know? Yeah. So this I think it's just like, it's like the distrust on both sides in a way. It's like both sides, 99% of the time are working really, really hard. Yeah. Um, and I think more people, if they understood that, when they see the deal structures, when they see like how it works, and then you actually go into the other side of like, you know, what they're experiencing, what their life is like, mm -hmm. you start understanding really quick. This is actually okay. Like it, it makes sense. It's not a slam dunk, but it's like a one pointer and that's okay. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, Diana has a, a question. Um, this is interesting. I have always heard not to pay to get play. So I'm thinking is the return of investment worth the monthly subscription? Yeah. So we don't, uh, the way that I look at it is like, we don't, do kind of a pay to place thing. We're just in property management. Yeah. It's like a, it's a monthly fee to manage all of your property. You can manage it yourself. Either way, you're going to pay for it. Um, you can either pay for it in, you know, investing a lot of time, learning all the legal implications, copyright, reaching out and following up with individual A&Rs, and then doing that for, you know, well over a hundred companies. And then, then going through each individual process and negotiating to get something in there. Mm. You can do that. Clint, you've worked one-on-one -on -one with licensing companies. Yep. Great people, very difficult to make anything move quickly. It's, yeah. you know, that's, that's the thing. So instead of- it's crazy not to cut you off, but the in yeah. uh, sync, it's like things move fast, like the deadlines are super quick. And then it's like a hurry up and wait kind of situation. Yeah. And an emphasis on weight. It's like you you could wait. I mean, I know somebody there's a company that we work with. I'm not going to name them because they're really great people. And I don't mean to like bash their systems, but that's why they work with us. Um, I know somebody who didn't get in for two years and then it took them 16 months to get their first payment. Oh, wow. And it, it's just, and it's not like to, they have a lot of stuff that they have to do. And I get it. Um, 
what I think of that pitch is you have all of your houses. That pitch is the property management company. You could pay a flat fee or you can manage your own homes and that's totally fine. Um, it's just, do you want a lot of the stuff done for you? Do you want to kind of skip ahead? Do you want it? Would you rather spend your time elsewhere? Um, that's how I look at it. And yeah. I'm like the least salesy person. So if you don't sign up, no worries. Like we're still cool. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. that's that's how I look at that pitch is we're just managing everybody's houses. Yeah, that's a, that's a great and we man And we manage it really, really well. So yeah, <laughs> dope. Uh, I mean, of course, I mean, the, the stats kind of speak speak for itself. So um, super dope, man. So listen, man, I, I don't want to hold you. I know you're you're a busy guy, man. But is can you hook my people up, man, with like a discount? I can hook your people up, Clint. Uh, <laughs> if you go, uh, if you do go to that pitch uh, and uh, you want to sign up uh, for a pro account, um, you can just enter the coupon Clint Music and you'll get ten percent off your subscription forever. Um, and you'll always be uh, grandfathered into that. I never raise the rent on my people, so you're you're good. <laughs> That's super dope, man. Much appreciated. Um, and, and there's some, I don't know how much of it you can talk about, but from what I hear, there's some dope things on the way with that pitch. Is there anything yeah. you can kind of spill in, in regards to that? Because um, I know you have been working, man. So let's just say that YouTube paid out $6 billion in royalties last year. Um, the billion with, with a buh, right? <laughs> With with a buh, um, we have built a system uh, where, you know, our our new platform that we are working on, we've been working on it for about two years now. Um, you're going to have more licensing ability than anything that exists and in in the industry, and you're going to be paid 100, percent and you're going to have complete control over your own career, um, and you're going to definitely get a chunk of that. So. Uh, we got some crazy stuff coming up for this year. Um, I can't give too much details yet, gotcha. um, but uh, everybody that I've told about it within the That Pitch crew, I give updates uh, to our That Pitch community. Um, and everybody's freaking out so far. If you talk to anybody who's currently in That Pitch, they are all freaking out. So uh, that's <laughs> as much as I can give. <laughs> nice. Yeah, no, that, that sounds exciting, man. Wishing you all much success. Um, I know, I know I'm gonna be on that pitch. Um, uh, so I'm, I'm excited, man, but listen, I appreciate you taking the time to, to chop it up with us, explain, you know, your journey and, and that pitch and, and all the other things you got going on, man. So thank you again. Um, shout out to everybody in the stream. Again, this is going to be the last live Q and a of the year. I'm gonna take a little break and then I'll be back at the top of the year. But tonight we're doing the final live music review at 9.30 Eastern. Um, so make sure you come back. It's going to be super dope. Excited to hang out with y'all again. Um, Mark, again, appreciate you, bro. I'm out, man. I'll catch y'all on the next one. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Music Is My Business podcast. If you haven't already subscribed, be sure to do so now so you can know every time I drop a new episode. If you found the information helpful, please be sure to rate and review the podcast so we can get this dope info out to more music entrepreneurs like you. I would greatly appreciate it. Also, if you want to learn more about how to get your music placed in TV and film, visit ClintProductions.com today to download my free six-step guide to TV placements. These are the steps I took to land my first 10 TV placements in a little over a year. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you on the next one.